Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, you and I together will drink from a fire hose, and it's very likely that as the day comes to an end, that we will still remain thirsty. What am I talking about? Well, yesterday was election day, and today there are still a number of unanswered questions in races around this country, but most notably, of course, the race for the presidency. 270 electoral votes to win. Neither Joe Biden nor Donald Trump have amassed 270 electoral votes. Uh, And right now, we are in the midst of waiting. We have hurried up and we are waiting. Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, North Carolina, Georgia, uh, all of them still up in the air. Arizona, if you want to take a step back, uh, if you feel, if you're one that feels Arizona was called too early, are there enough votes out there for Trump to uh, regain his lead in Arizona, ultimately winning that state? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Biden certainly leading there. Uh, But we'll find out what happens as the day progresses. I will give you uh, some heads up here of what is to come on the program today. Uh, Joe Biden is at any moment now expected to speak. We have an open channel to that microphone. As soon as he steps to it, we will bring him here on the air, see what he and his camp have to say. It's also expected that at about 1.30, an hour from now, just under, we should be hearing from the Donald Trump camp. President Trump's campaign has made a few announcements here this morning. Uh, Most notably, uh, you know, you hear in the lead up to yesterday, the highest likelihood was that lawsuits would be filed and that uh, to some degree this presidential race may be settled in the courts. Well, uh, those lawsuits have commenced. The Trump campaign has made it known that they will be suing Michigan uh, because, as described by Trump campaign manager Bill Stepien, Uh, As votes, this is, again, the statement from the Trump campaign, quote, as votes in Michigan continue to be counted, the presidential race in the state remains extremely tight, as we always knew it would be. President Trump's campaign has not been provided with meaningful access to numerous counting locations to observe the opening of ballots and the counting process as guaranteed by Michigan law. That is the substance of their complaint. Uh, Not sure exactly what meaningful access means. I am presuming that that language is drawn from uh, Michigan state law. Uh, meaningful access to numerous counting locations to observe the opening of ballots and the counting process. That feels like legal ease and that they're drawing from a definition there. We'll see what that means. The lawsuit attempts to halt the the count as it goes right now. We'll have to see what that lawsuit ultimately leads to and if it matters. Right. There is some math 
that might indicate that Michigan becomes irrelevant. I'm not going to, I'll tell you first and foremost today as we kick things off, I'm not going to bore you too much with math uh, because everything is, is, is in flux and at any moment those numbers change. I will, as we as we learn of new called races, I'll certainly bring that to you and I'll keep you apprised to the electoral college count, the number of uh, electors guaranteed to each candidate. I'll keep you apprised to that. Currently, uh, it stands at about 237 for Biden, 213 for Trump. Again, 270 is the number you need to reach. So that's that for the presidential race. And we're going to be spending plenty of time on that throughout the program today. Uh, but before we get uh, to that in earnest, before we hear from Joe Biden and later on Donald Trump and some uh, various characters uh, around the, the country, I want to look for a moment at the some of the Senate races. One of the question marks of yesterday was whether or not Republicans could retain control of the United States Senate. Would Mitch McConnell first, would he be able to overcome a challenge uh, in his own Senate race? And then number two, would a sufficient number of senators, Republican senators, retain their seats in Congress so as to ensure Mitch McConnell another six years as majority leader? It is appearing that that is the case. Uh, Mitch McConnell has won his race and uh, for the most part, uh, Republicans have been able to retain their majority in the United States Senate. The uh, The place where they lost ground uh, was in Colorado. A fascinating race there, Colorado. Uh, Cory Gardner, a first-term senator, was challenged by John Hickenlooper, an individual who, a uh, Democrat John Hickenlooper, served, uh, I believe, two terms as mayor of uh, of Denver and also two terms as governor of the state of Colorado and ran for a short time uh, for the Democratic nomination to the presidency. Anyway, last night, uh, Cory Gardner conceded the U.S. Senate race to Hickenlooper less than an hour after polls closed on election night. And, uh, you know, radio is not a visual medium, so let me explain to you uh, what the scene looked like as uh, the outgoing Senator Gardner conceded the race to his uh, Democrat challenger, John Hickenlooper. He stood there uh, on stage. It was just him at the microphone. And over his right shoulder stood his wife with babe in arms and to his left, uh, two more of his children. And that that family looked dejected. I don't know uh, if they had followed the polls much or what, but it was a, it was a, a sad sight to see uh, the family there, uh, but at the same time an encouraging one, uh, knowing that you know their dad, this now defeated uh, lame duck senator, was making uh, what was probably one of the more difficult speeches of his life, uh, doing so with his family there by his side. You could see the sadness in their face, but their proximity to him in that moment was inspiring. Here's what Cory Gardner had to say last night as he conceded the election to John Hickenlooper. This, again, Colorado Senate race. A moment ago, I spoke to Senator-elect John Hickenlooper to congratulate him on his victory tonight. Uh, to welcome him to the United States Senate and to make sure that he knows I will support him in this transition any way that I can, to make sure that it's as smooth as possible and we will assist him with any questions that he might have as he navigates this new role. And please understand, to all the people who supported our efforts tonight, that his success is Colorado's success. And our nation and our state need him to succeed. We need to be united together. Yesterday, I had occasion to speak with Boyd Matheson on this program for a few moments, and he shared with us 
uh, a write-up. It was a letter to the editor in some obscure newspaper, some corner of this great country. But in that small write-up, it contained a very profound point, and it was uh, when you board an aircraft, uh, you don't know anything about the pilot. You don't know if they're the best or the worst in their class. You don't know how many flight hours they have. You don't know anything about them. But you do and are forced to put your trust in their uh, capabilities. And so regardless of who be the pilot, uh, you know, you may agree politically, you may disagree, uh, but you ought be praying for that pilot. And uh, Boyd yesterday very eloquently made the analogy that the the president or the senator or whoever be our representative is akin to the pilot in that example. And it was heartening here to hear from Senator Gardner, outgoing lame duck Senator Cory Gardner, saying that Hickenlooper's success as a senator for the state of Colorado is also the success of Coloradans. That principle is important. That principle, unfortunately, is not communicated or believed uh, as, as I think, robustly as it ought to be. We don't see the type of grace in the departure from the Senate as we saw from Cory Gardner last night. I want to talk to you uh, later on in the program also about two other Senate races. The the polls specifically uh, predicted the race between Lindsey Graham and his challenger, Jamie Harrison, to be much closer than they ultimately turned out to be. Fascinating thing. Same story uh, for Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. He defeated handily challenger Amy McGrath. He spoke in Louisville after his victory. Uh, so too did Lindsey Graham speaking at his home state uh, of South Carolina. I want to share that with you later on uh, and also talk to you about how sometimes the polls, well, maybe not sometimes, often the polls got things so, so wrong. How is that possible? We'll dig into that later on in the program. A break right now, though. When we return, we'll be joined by Congressman Chris Stewart, who last night enjoyed victory over his opponent. What comes next uh, in his congressional district? How does he view the current status of the presidential race? And much more. Conversation with Chris Stewart next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.